There's a lot of strange things going on in New Mexico. And one of the strangest is a phenomenon called cattle mutilations. And it's so mysterious that almost nobody is willing to talk about it. Except Philip Contu, because he knows all about it. I'm here at Philip Contu's. He did a lot of investigation on these cattle mutilations uh, before getting fired, supposedly. Well, what did you want to talk about? When did you start working for the New Mexico State Livestock Board? I uh, went to work as a deputy for them in 1991. At that time, we uh, traveled all around the district investigating cattle rustling. It was ideal. It was a perfect job. You know, we could uh, load our horses up in the morning and just take off. And Best job I ever had. One day, Philip got a call, and there was a very strange death of a heifer in Upper Ranchitos. This heifer had been separated from the herd and moved into this corral where uh, whoever or whatever proceeded to mutilate her. Well, I'd heard about cattle mutilations for a long time. I'd never seen one. This happened on my watch. It was unsettling, and she had the most horrendous god-awful wounds. And an odd assortment of body parts were taken. She had a piece of flesh cut out of her side. It was cut right down to the tenderloin. The rectum had been cored out, the genitals had been taken off, the tongue had been cut out, the eye was missing, the ear was missing, the muzzle had been snapped off, and uh, there was no blood, there was nothing. It was just taken off and, and disappeared. Although the damage was extensive, eerily enough, it was extremely exact. It was done with such precision, and the bone itself, it was dry. There was no fat on it. There was no tissue on it. I've never seen anything like that before. This was just as clean as as new fallen snow. And uh, what was really bizarre is there was no tracks, there was no blood, and it was laying there in plain sight. This is in the middle of a neighborhood, and nobody saw anything. And I thought, well, how in the heck did this occur? It was just a mysterious cattle death. That was my introduction uh, to those things. So Philip files a report with his findings with the New Mexico State Livestock Board and goes on with his job. But then more and more of these unusual animal deaths, or cattle mutilations, began popping up all over the district. Some of them were absolutely spectacular. The incisions were so precise. And uh, there was like a ring around them, about 50 feet in diameter, that nothing would come in there. The ravens would land outside of that circle. The coyotes would come up almost like to a line and just walk around it, you know. And then they wouldn't decompose. They'd just stay there forever. Even though this is Philip's first encounter with cattle mutilations, there's been waves of them in New Mexico for the past 40 years. The FBI already investigated and closed the case. The official explanation? Predators. We were supposed to say that it was predators. And absolutely it was not predators. Uh, Dogs, uh, ravens, and bobcats, uh, mountain lions. They don't do that kind of stuff. So what were the ranchers that were losing all their cattle? What were they thinking? 
name's Jesse Gonzalez, and I raise cattle for a living, so I know a lot about animals. I know a lot about the land, plants, whatever. Jesse lost a total of seven cows to mutilation over a two-year period. The first mutilation that happened really freaked me out. Okay, so I arrived to the scene. I see one of my bulls dead there. Just in the field? Just in the field. I check it out. An eye was missing, a ear was missing, testicles, the penis, it's all gone. No blood, no nothing. I find him, it smells like the animal's been dead for two weeks. Weird, it's a weird, creepy thing. Did you report the first one? Uh, I did report that one actually, but nobody showed up so I just buried it. It smelled too bad. Ranchers are used to death. You don't call the authorities every time a cow dies. But the predator explanation didn't make sense. You know, every animal I had is healthy. I'm not a stupid person. I know I know what a natural death is. Okay, like a wolf will kill like the weakest or the youngest? No. Every single animal I had, they all been the best animals I had. They're the strongest. Every single one. So not only were the ranchers losing the very best of their breed, but Philip, the inspector, was getting reports of animals showing up in really strange places. Inside of thickets, you know, got one report where uh, these guys have been missing this bull for forever. They couldn't find the doggone thing, and they finally found the doggone thing up in a cottonwood tree. You tell me. (laughs) Another rancher in the area, Tony Trujillo, was losing cattle as well. And right before his cows were mutilated, Literally within hours, he saw these huge, round, circulating lights in the sky. There's a little house, if you see it back there. Yeah. Saw a bunch of lights down there, but I didn't know what what was going on. What was it like? It's just big, round, revolving uh, bunch of lights coming towards me, and then it just takes off. I mean, it disappears real fast. Disappeared over the hill. And then the next morning you went out and you found your cow? The next morning I found my, my cow all mutilated. No. And then afterwards you went and took your shotgun and sat on top of the hill? I'd go up there and maybe come back for another one and I'll let him have it with a twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> Hope it does some good? I'm a good shot, but I don't think I could hit whatever it was. <laughs> maybe, never know. So you think maybe it was UFOs? Cause That's what I think, no. There's something strange out here that we never seen before, no. Other ranchers began patrolling more and more with their rifles, and it's not in vain. Around this time, Philip meets another cowboy who's forced to draw out his gun and fire in order to defend his herd. One of the ones that happened about that time was uh, kind of curious, so I went up to investigate. Uh, fellow went to check the cows and uh, heard what sounded like an arc welder. This cow was being dragged towards that sound. And according to him, había una raya de luz, which is a ray of light, a beam of light, was carrying this animal across a field inside the beam of light. And uh, this cow was being dragged towards that sound, and it was struggling. And the guy took a couple of shots into the aspen grove where the noise was coming from. The noise had stopped. The cow had got up and run away. The beam of light went across the pasture, across these fences, and then went up into the sky where it disappeared into the blue sky. And somebody saw this? Yes. That kind of reinforced my thoughts on one of the things that could possibly be happening. 
you know, you can use your own imagination. I mean. And did you guys talk amongst yourself with your coworkers of, of what yeah. your opinions were? Yeah, we did. We talked about it amongst ourselves, but we never put it on paper. What were the different opinions? Well, there were two kinds. There was the extraterrestrial angle, but also thought the government was involved. It's actually a, a theory that's very widely accepted among locals in New Mexico, that the government is doing this to these cows. Because these round circulating lights are not the only thing that's showing up in the sky around the time of the mutilations. There's also these mysterious black helicopters. As I investigated more and more of them, uh, pattern was the same. There was usually some kind of uh, helicopter activity a couple of days before you'd find the animal. So there was reports, usually? Of black helicopters with no numbers, no insignia of any stripe. Some of these craft uh, made no sound. Some of these craft had no, uh, no rotors. Some kind of cloaking device, I guess. In my opinion, I, I really think it's the government doing They got a lot of technology out there. I think they're scaring people. Some people said that they had been picked up in one place and dropped off in another place. The animals themselves? Yes, that they had been lifted up with straps, which is a possibility. They might have been picked up by the legs and dropped somewhere. If these black helicopters do belong to the government, then the question remains, why in the world are they coming in the middle of the night and mutilating cattle? could have to do with uh, the government investigating uh, fallout from Los Alamos. Los Alamos is in Los Alamos National Labs, where the atom bomb was developed. And it's located about 50 miles from where all these mutilations were taking place. Because uh, they've had a lot of radioactive stuff escape from there. and They might have been just taking those tissues where they say that the, the radioactivity would have uh, settled in their bodies. Who else could be doing this? I mean, it's either aliens or it's the government. Or it's both of them. I don't know. In order to really get some answers, Philip went out on the next investigation armed with a team of specialists. It was a crime scene investigation, essentially. We had a vet... We had a forensic pathologist, and we did a necropsy on that animal. And there was a kind of chemical smell. This is kind of bizarre. The tip of the penis was there in the sheath. The rest of the penis had been removed inside the animal. Don't ask me how. (laughs) The vet and forensic pathologist examined the animal without any gloves on. After that, both of them had numbness in their hands. And that persisted for several days, the numbness in their hands. Because they had touched the animal? touched the animal. We took samples and we shipped them off to a a private uh, lab where they uh, did all the testing. And uh, some of these animals had uh, powder sprinkled on them that you could uh, pick up with an ultraviolet light. It came back that uh, the hemoglobin in the tissue had been cooked. So it was cut out with high heat. When you would turn in your reports, was there anything that your superiors would say? Or? Not to me. I know my uh, supervisor got a lot of heat. You know, they'd ridicule him and they'd make fun of him. And uh, But he stuck to his guns. He would not say it was coyotes because it wasn't. Philip continued to do his job. It started taking some really weird turns. And then one night, Philip got a call to go look at a horse. And while he was gone... 
his family got a visit back at the ranch. Might sound nuts, but <laughs> my kids woke up in the middle of the night and there was a UFO over my corral and the horses were running around braying at, at the UFO. And I came back and, uh, and Dory was pretty beside herself. Dory is Philip's wife. Let me tell you what she told me, if it's okay with you. Sure. Outside of our window, we were on a, had a two-story house. There was this giant eye, what looked like a giant eye, outside of our house. And she was in bed. She couldn't move. She was like frozen. And these little creatures came in to the bedroom and surrounded her on the bed. It was real scary seeing these heads of aliens. And she was begging them not to take her because of the kids. They scared me, yeah. These things uh, were very upsetting. Aliens threatening his family? This was out of control. Philip was too scared to talk about it, but a reporter begged him for an interview. I wouldn't talk to him. Then he told me, would you talk to me off the record? And then I said, okay, I'll talk to you off the record. Well, I talked to him, and it came out on the front page of the Albuquerque Journal the next Sunday. Make a long story short, I got fired. What was published? I did tell him that this was an act of terrorism. The people who were involved were absolutely mortified. They were scared to death. It shook their faith in, in everything they believed in, that there might be other entities from other planets which uh, aren't really talked about, which uh, you know led to my demise as, as far as the livestock board went, which was unfortunate. It was a good job. Although cattle mutilations are still happening today, no one has ever been arrested for them. But Philip, he moved on. Since I'm no longer involved, I, uh, I don't spend as much time looking at the sky as I used to at night. And it's behind me now. I just hope it don't happen to me. That story was brought to us by none other than Rita Daniels, Mark Ristich, and Renzo Gorio. And we'd like to thank just some of the scores of people involved in helping put it together, especially Philip Cantu, Jesse Gonzalez, Tony Trujillo, and additional help from Phaedra Greenwood, David Perkins, Pamela Harris, Steve Kennan, and Mitch Gonzalez.